Well, I want to welcome everybody to the Grove, especially if you are here this morning because you are here in support of a confirmand who's going to be confirmed a little bit after this service. So if you are a guest or a visitor this morning, I'm especially glad that you were here with us. Now, one of the things that you should know is I love to keep pretty much everything in my life compartmentalized. So I was really excited that this morning was going to be all about confirmation and all about continuing our sermon series in the breathing room. And then the events in Allen, Texas happened yesterday, and I couldn't sleep because there's this thing that happens when you have to address what's going on that's messy. And then you wake up this morning, and the whole neighborhood has been without power since like 2 a.m., and then half of our building gets power. And so then my team is scrambling, trying to accommodate all of the kids that we have, which is awesome. And so we bring them into this room this morning. And so in so many ways, there's just a lot of mess that's going on. And what I know about faith is it's, it works best, not when life is compartmentalized, not when we have these nice, clean, neat boxes for all of the different pieces of our life, but right here in the middle of the mess right in the messy middle. This is where we need our faith the most. And so uh, I had this whole sermon that I was really excited to preach about money and about financial margin and about generosity. And uh, in good conscience, I can't preach it this morning. So uh, we're going to have a conversation this morning. And what I'm going to leave you with is not going to be a solution. So just know that now. What I'm going to leave you with is not going to be a solution. I'm actually going to leave you with a question. And if in the middle of this conversation you start to come to a conclusion uh, politically about where my beliefs fall, you'll be wrong. So if you hear what I have to say this morning and go, oh, he is definitely a conservative, you'll be incorrect. And if you hear what I have to say this morning you think, oh, he's definitely a liberal, you'll also be incorrect. Because like everything else, I'm somewhere in the messy middle. And so I want to talk about what's going on in our world. And I want to talk about how we as Christians can forge ahead. Because I think the temptation for all of us is maybe the one that I feel is like, oh, it's a whole lot better when we just compartmentalize life. Because I know so many of you, there's so much excitement about what today holds for your family. And that's still true. And it's nice to want to just focus on that and just sing all of these songs about how great life is and how wonderful life is, but to ignore the reality of what's happening in our world and what's happening closer to home, you know, there has to be a sense of discernment because unfortunately there's so much that seems broken in our world. And so the questions that Allie and I ask and my team ask is, okay, when do we need to speak into things? When do we need to begin to address things? When do we name what's happening? And I haven't always done that perfectly. There have been situations and instances in the last five and a half years that looking back on, I'm like, yeah, I probably should have said something. We probably should have spoken into that. We probably should have informed how our faith should inform how we think and feel about what's going on in the world. And so uh, for that, I have regret. But, um, and as we'll talk about this morning, I, we have to be brave and we have to stand firm in our faith. And so sometimes that means that we have to have hard conversations that we don't want to have. And we have to say the things. And so uh, in the spirit of forging ahead, I ask for your grace. And I ask for your trust. 
that uh, as your pastor, I am trying to help us as a community of faith understand what it means to live our faith out each and every day of our life. And it's not always clean and it's not always easy. And sometimes it's really hard to put all the pieces together and to know which goes first and which comes next and how to organize it all. But I have a a spiritual mentor, a pastoral colleague. He's actually uh, the gentleman who officiated my and my wife's wedding. And he frequently says that God can't be anything but faithful. And I think he's right, that God can't be anything but faithful. And you wake up and you hear headlines and you see the events that are happening in in our world. And if you're like me, you try to reconcile those two things your experiences with life and your belief that God can't be anything but faithful. And for most of us, that creates a gap. Your gap might be bigger or smaller than my gap, but we're all trying to reconcile those things because we want to believe that God can't be anything but faithful. We want to believe that God is good and kind and loving. And I believe that God is all of those things. And we look around and we see all of the violence and all of the injustice and all of the hurt and the pain and the suffering in our world. And we're like, yeah, but how do we, how do we reconcile these two things? And there aren't short, quick, easy answers. And if you have someone or you hear someone who has a short, quick, easy answer, I would be hesitant and I would be skeptical because all of this stuff is messy. And in the time that I have with you this morning, I'm not going to be able to solve it all for us. I'm not that smart. I'm not going to be able to be able to speak into all of the nuances. And there are numerous nuances with all of the ways that our world is broken. But I do know this. At the core of all of the problems that we see in our world, and you can pick one. And I'm going to speak at a high level over the issues and the pain and the suffering in our world because I know we got little ears in the room this morning. So I hope that you just fill in the gaps and you read between the lines of what I'm not saying, but what I'm trying to name. But when you look at over all of that and you think through all of that and you try to reconcile what it means that God can't be anything but faithful, you have to start to ask questions about what does that, what does that mean? How do we solve this? How do we address this? How do we live into this as people of faith. And I didn't really know what to say this morning. That may come as a surprise, but pastors don't wake up and just like start talking and just God speaks through us. That would be awesome if it was that easy. But there were lots of conversations that Allie and I had and wrestling with like, God, okay, how do we need to name and speak into what's going on? And then I walked in this morning, and we have a sign at the front that maybe you passed, and it's got the names of all the confirmands on it. And then at the bottom, I had this verse that's kind of the overarching message of confirmation. And as I walked in, I just felt God say this. Remind them of this. Equip them with this. And so I'm going to show you the verse that our confirmands know And it's a verse that I think we all need to know as people of faith trying to live into the messy middle of life. So this is the verse. It says, be alert. Another translation is stay awake. Keep watch. 
pay attention. Stand firm in your faith. Be brave. Be strong. And do everything in love. This is the, this is the verse that undergirds all of the confirmation year. And the confirmation year, if this is kind of a new rhythm for you, you don't really know what that is. This is where we spend intentional time through our sixth grade year training our students, equipping our students, educating our students on what it means to live a life of faith. Because later, after this service is over, we'll have a special confirmation service just for them. And they'll go through some vows that allow them to profess their faith in Christ and their commitment to live a Christian life throughout their life and to support all of that every day that they try to live out this commitment. We believe that they need to know this, that they need to be alert, that they need to stand firm in their faith, that they need to be brave and to be strong and to do everything in love. And I think for the rest of us who are trying to do the same thing as these confirmands today, I think this is what we have to do. We have to be alert. I think we have to wake up to the reality that uh, all of the issues, pain, suffering, injustice that we see in the world, ultimately they're spiritual issues. That doesn't mean they only have spiritual solutions. But all of the, the major problems in the world and all of the major problems in our world are ultimately spiritual problems that also require spiritual solutions. It is not the only solution, but it is an important one because at the core of all of the wrong that happens is corruption in the human heart, an inability or a failure to do everything in love. And so we have to begin to look at our world not just from a political lens, because anything that promises to solve all of your problems by just believing in one simple thing is dubious at best. We also have to stand firm in our faith. And I think what is important about standing firm in our faith is starting to be able to become aware to the reality that some of the things that we believe aren't actually informed by our faith, but they're informed by the cultural values in the world around us. Some of the things that we name as Christian ideals and Christian values and principles are found nowhere in Scripture. But they've been co-opted by institutions, by corporations, trying to get you to do what they want you to do. And if you're like, he starts to sound a little conspiracy theorist, I think there's just a reality to the way that our world works. If you are certain that your God believes everything that you believe and hates all of the same people that you hate, then you have missed what Scripture tells us is true. And so we have to begin to start to pay attention to what it is that we are standing on and what we are standing in and the faith that we claim and hold to. And we have to check it with scripture and we have to check it with tradition and history to see what people of faith have been believing for the last several thousand years. And ultimately we have to measure it against the life of Jesus. That's our ultimate litmus test for the things that we profess and for the things that we claim that we believe and for where we need to stand firm and plant our flag. 
is ultimately in the life of Jesus. And when we do that, it requires us to be brave. And it requires us to be strong. Because it means that we will have to be making choices that at times the people in our life, our family, our friends, our social groups, our places of employment, they don't support, they don't affirm, they criticize, they condemn. Because you end up falling into, oh, you're one of those. See, we're so quick with the labels these days. We want to categorize and label everybody. Why? Because once again, we all like compartmentalization. We need to know who the good guys are and the bad guys are, who we can point fingers at, who we can blame, who's wrong, so that we can make sure that we stay right. And because the world works that way, and because we hear this from talking heads in our 24-hour news cycles about the rightness and the wrongness of groups of people, we're hesitant at times to stand firm in our faith, to be brave and to be strong and to make decisions that we know will cause us to be ostracized. But this is what we're called to as Christians. It doesn't work for us to send our kids out to make this commitment. And we stand in the background not doing what it is that we've asked them to do. We can't say, guys, all right, you go live this out. Good luck. And we're going to stay back here where it's safe, where we don't have to risk living out our faith, standing up for what we believe is right, naming places where the world is broken and where things that are happening shouldn't be happening, and then avoiding what it is that we can do about it. And the last is to do everything in love. And that's not always clear and simple. And that doesn't always mean operating on the feeling of love. Because there are things that we will have to do in love that don't feel good for us. And they don't feel very loving. Ways that we have to sacrifice our own needs and desires and wants. Ultimately, love is sacrificial. And so if in the ways that we're trying to love others in this world doesn't require us to die to ourselves, we've fallen short of Christ's example and standard of what it means to do everything in love. And so if you hear what I'm saying this morning and nothing about your life is different tomorrow, I don't know that you've heard me. And it's not just you. This, I'm saying this to me too. I have to inventory my life. I have to inventory my values, my priorities, where I spend my time, how I spend my money, the people that I associate with, how I vote, how I don't vote. All of these things have to be filtered through the lens of my faith, not the other way around. If the Christian flag is not the flag that flies highest in your life, I think you've gotten the order wrong. If you view your faith through your lens of your political beliefs, then what you're left with is not the true version of the Christian faith. Because if Jesus votes like you vote, and Jesus likes the people you like, and Jesus agrees with all the choices that you make and disagrees with all of the choices that you disagree with, then we've just made an idol. 
I know it kind of feels like I'm poking at you this morning. And I know it feels like, hey, we didn't. But I think the reason that I feel so convicted about this is because I think it is easy to stay back on the sidelines and say, ah, this problem's too big for me to solve. There's nothing that I can do about this. And I don't know that we as individuals or we as this collective community of believers have the power to solve everything that's wrong in the world. I don't know. I don't know that we do. I think we're really smart and talented in this room collectively. And I think there's far more that we could actually do than we believe that we could do. But I actually don't think that's the question to ask or the question to wrestle with. Ultimately, it's what is mine to do? That's the question that we're going to have to wrestle with is what is mine to do today? How in those moments where it feels hard do I make a different choice that's informed by my faith? Not anything else. For our teenagers, this impacts you too. Not just the problems in the world, but the ways that you live your life. Your friend groups, your social circles, who you talk about, who you don't talk about, the parties you go to or don't go to, your behavior when people are watching and your behavior when people aren't watching. From the little of us to the biggest of us. How are we allowing our faith to inform our lives, to inform our actions, and to inform our behaviors? In our confirmation service, when we invite our confirmands up, one of the questions or one of the things that we'll do with them is we'll ask them to profess their faith using a series of questions. Now, if you've joined in this church, this is a series of questions that we've asked you as well. And in many denominational churches, this is a series of questions that we ask people or people are asked as a way to identify, to claim, and to name what it is that they believe. And I thought it might just be a nice reminder for all of us who claim to be Christians, who profess belief in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, to remind us what are some of the things that we are committing to, that we have professed to do. So if you'll permit me. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? This is the question that we ask people. Here's the next one. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church in which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. And then lastly, according to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? How dare we ask them to do something that we're not willing to do? This is, this is what it means to be a person of faith. Not just to ascribe to some intellectual belief statement. Not to just think that God's great and then continue to live our lives as we see fit. But it means reorient, reorienting all of our lives. Our values, our priorities, our decisions the things that you're holding on to in your mind right now because you know that that's what it means and the things you're going to have to let go and do differently, all of those things too. 
can't be 60% Christian. It doesn't work. God asks for all of us, every bit of ourselves. Like I said from the beginning, I don't have a solution this morning. But I do know what, what we need to do is we need to remind ourselves of what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. The commitments that we've already made to orient our lives towards Him. And what I'm certain of is when we do that on a daily basis, that will inform what's next. That will inform what else we should be doing. Because for each of us, that looks different. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all answer. But I also know that if we don't, things aren't going to change. It doesn't matter how much you lobby or picket or vote. At the core of all of these issues, at the core of everything that's wrong and broken in the world, are spiritual issues. And the place that we have to start is with ourselves and our own hearts. And so the question that I want to leave you with, that I hope that you will pray over to the rest of this service, that you will take with you, that you will chew on, that you will talk about with your children and with your families and with your spouses and with your friends, is this question. Lord, what is mine to do? Lord, what is mine to do? May we all be brave enough to ask it. May we all be willing to stand firm in our faith. And may we all do everything in love. Let me pray for us. Holy God, in the midst of all that seems broken and wrong in this world, in the midst of the violence and the oppression and the injustice that we see on an all too frequent basis. God, we trust that you can't be anything but faithful. So God, in the midst of the gap between our experience and our trust in you, help us to live more fully into what it means to be a person of faith, to stand more firmly in our faith, to be strong and to be brave to do everything in love. God, let our lives imitate the life of your son. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.